hi there and welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I'm so glad you're joining me. Hey, I want to take a minute before we get started and invite you to head over to our socials, Facebook and Instagram. Follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights all the ministries of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. It includes our blog called Planted with great content, our mom-to-mom ministries aimed at encouraging mothers and motherhood, our Regarding Him conference that happens yearly each March, and of course, this podcast and all that comes with it. There is so much good content on these socials that you are not going to want to miss. So join them today. That will be in our show notes each and every week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory, like Google Podcast or Apple Podcast or CastBox. It helps us out, and it also helps you out because you get a notification of each new episode that drops each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to us at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I'm so glad you're joining me. Hey, I want to take a minute before we get started and invite you to head over to our socials, Facebook and Instagram. Follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights all the ministries of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. It includes our blog called Planted with great content, our mom-to-mom ministries aimed at encouraging mothers and motherhood. Our Regarding Him conference that happens yearly each March, and of course, this podcast and all that comes with it. There is so much good content on these socials that you are not going to want to miss. So join them today. That will be in our show notes each and every week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory, like Google Podcast or Apple Podcast or CastBox. It helps us out and it also helps you out because you get a notification of each new episode that drops each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to us at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you ever have any ideas or suggestions or thoughts about any episodes or episode content. Or maybe you just want to tell me about an episode that was encouraging to you. I'd love to hear that too. Finally, as you know, Unshaken is a podcast for women, and our goal is to encourage, challenge, and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Hey, let's head right into today's episode. All right, welcome back this month uh, to my friend Cheryl Bailey. I'm so glad you're joining us today. Glad to be with you. We are going to be talking through another discussion on feminology. It's episode 112, and we're continuing to talk about how being a woman is, how we're supposed to live as a woman based on biblical standards. And I'm, I'm really excited. If you have not listened to our feminology episodes before, you should go back. They're the first of each month. Um, but today we're going to talk about a specific one continuing from last month. Um, Cheryl, though, I want to ask you to start off with, um, you are such a good question asker. I don't know if that's even proper terminology. You're a question asker. Um, Why do you ask so many questions? Sometimes a lot of questions. (laughs) And how do you even come up with the good ones that you come up with? And like, I guess I'm thinking about this because it would help women 
who are listening today who might think, oh, I don't know what to say to somebody. I don't know how to get a conversation started. You know, so how can you or how can somebody start a good conversation with somebody using questions? Well, honestly, I think that God just made me curious. I have my whole life been curious about things, and that has led me to to ask questions. But it's also led me to, to have a genuine interest mm-hmm. in people and in activities and things. And so questions have, have just kind of flowed out of that. Um, when I was in college, one of my roommates was going out on a date, and, and her date came, and she wasn't ready yet. So I'm just making small talk with him, and he said, my, you ask a lot of questions. I said, oh, <laughs> this is nothing. I could I could ask you 200 questions. Oh, no. He said, write them down and I'll answer them when I get back. Oh, no. So a challenge is always something I like. <laughs> so I proceeded to write down 200 questions, which the next morning when I woke up were all answered for me on wow. the table. So wow. now everybody, you're right, might not be able to think of 200 questions. Right. However, I think everyone can think of five or 10 questions. And even if you just have them in your head ahead of time, you can pull out those same questions and get the ball rolling uh, with some questions that you've thought about beforehand. And then be interested in what the people are saying and questions will flow out of that. Actually, um, when my daughters were younger and they were struggling with, you know, talking to people, just, Mm -hmm. you know, when they're like 12, it's just kind of awkward. Yeah. I made them write down questions. Yeah. Like write down 10 questions and then go back to them. And actually, one of them commented to me how that's something they still do now and then is just go back to that list or, okay, their list probably has changed since Mm -hmm. (laughs) 12-year-old. Hopefully it has. (laughs) Which Lego set do you like? Exactly right. Which American Girl doll do you love? But I think that's a really good thing. Yeah, I do that with the Pastors College Wives. Yeah, We We work on writing out some questions that would be good open starters for people. Okay, one more question. Like when you asked, okay, it's my turn to ask questions now. Okay. When you talked to your uh, friends or your roommate's date and and gave them all those questions, were they like one-word answers? Yes, they were. Some of them maybe were sentences, but he were was pretty brief in his answers. One of them was not like, what is your goal in life, right? No, you know? <laughs> no, no, no. They weren't paragraph answers, right. but, you know. Yeah, that's good. That, that that's why I, I was thought. kind of impressed that he answered yes. anything, you know. Yes, that's good. Well, um, I guess today I get to be the question asker. Yes. <clears throat> and I have a lot of questions. So we are going to continue our discussion about how we as women are called to be soft. We're going to focus on how this concept affects our role as women in our marriages, in our churches, our friendships, our jobs, like everywhere in our life and how we can live it out. So let's just start, Cheryl, with a quick review from last month when we started this particular section on being soft. Give me some of the most important points we should remember as we head into today's episode. Well, I think if we actually go back to the very beginning, you spoke with Aaliyah about strength. And oftentimes people associate strength and and weakness, that weakness, that softness is a weakness. Right. And I think it's important for us to realize that actually strength and being soft go hand in hand. They help one another. They're not opposed to one another. Um, The opposite of strength is is weakness, but the opposite of soft is hard. Yeah, I think that's a good thing, important to remember. Yeah, and and just like with strength also, God created women to be soft, and it it is not something that we should be in competition with thinking, oh, I can't be soft, I got to be as hard as my husband, right. or I have, can be, have to be as hard as this authority. It's not something that is a, 
a competition. It's a character trait that God has designed kind of uniquely for women, though men clearly have areas they need to be soft in. Right, right. Okay, good. That's a great kind of quick review. And that leads me to think a little bit about walking into the next steps as we talk today about softness and specifically focus on the roles that God has given to women. So what does scripture actually say on the topic of roles for women? Well, you jumped right into a heavy question. Yeah, Uh, there's no like, what's your favorite (laughs) ice cream on this episode? Sorry. (laughs) It's, I think that's a really hard question to answer without a bit of explanation from scripture. Um, You know, last month, I think we talked about the word complementarian, um, that men and women were created to complement, not to compete with one Mm -hmm. another. And that's an important thing for all of us to remember, that we're not in competition with those around us, but we, God has designed men and women to complement one another. Mm-hmm. And we know in Gen- from Genesis 3 that men and women were both created in the image of God. Both men and women have equal value, and yet God created us different gender roles and, and just differences. And those differences aren't rooted in culture or society or sin they were they were created at creation by god Hmm. um and so even as men and women are both created in the image of god man was created to take the leadership role within the family and the church and i know many women hear me say that and and they get all riled up inside um but that is what scripture says and so I think there's there's quite a few different um, proofs you might want to say okay. or within scripture. I'll, I'll just give you a few. You know, Adam was formed first and Eve was formed from Adam's rib. That's a proof of headship. Yep. Um, Adam is the representative for the race. It's named after Adam, yeah. not after Eve. Um also, 1 Corinthians 15, 22 says, In Adam all men die, so also in Christ all men are made alive. There's, it doesn't say Eve, it says right. Adam. Right. Um, you know, there's just, there's a lot. Eve was created and called Adam's helper. This is a distinction in roles. And there's many, many more. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are just a few. And and I know that it's hard um, at times to accept that because in our culture we're yeah. told if we if we have distinctions that that equates to lesser in value right and that is not true right. it's not what scripture says well one of the episodes on feminology we discussed um what happens in a hospital and the difference between a doctor and a nurse a nurse's aide I don't know. There's all kinds of mm-hmm. roles, right? And the, uh, I can't even say it, aesthetician. Is that, no, that's not right. That's the wrong word. Anesthesiologist. Anesthesiologist, uh-huh. yes. Anyway, um, they all have different roles. And it. we talked on one of the episodes, and it was very helpful to me to think through that because the doctor, you know, I guess it depends if you're having surgery, but he has to lead that. And he makes decisions. He calls to those nurses. They got to do their job. Mm-hmm. And they can't go, no, you're not supposed to do it that way. Here, I'll tell you how to do it. 
it's more of them working together as a team. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, but complementary makes me kind of think more of a team, like it, with your husband. Well, and, and there is for sure truth in that. However, at some point, a, a decision needs to be made. Absolutely. You're in the operating room and the guy yeah. goes into something where the doctor has to say, I got to do this now. Right, right. They're not discussing it. Right. They're not saying, oh, well, I think yep. it could be done better yep. this way. They maybe are a team, but at some point, the buck stops with the doctor. Well, right. You can't say, let's go have a discussion about this. The doctor, or whoever's the lead person, has to right. finalize it. And that's yeah. true. Yeah. You know, sports. Yep. everywhere yep I agree so. and that's I think it's interesting how in the world that's all over but when we go back into our homes oftentimes mm-hmm. there's some pushback on that <laughs> most some, times right? there's yeah. pushback yeah. <laughs> even for me I believe it I accept yeah. it there's pushback in my heart yeah yep. so I'm well I'm with you too <laughs> yeah so um you know God created women to be soft and I think even as we talk about that with that pushback you know when my heart wants to push back I know my heart's hardened to mm. to whatever is being asked of me mm-hmm. or whatever idea is, is being put out there. You know, when my heart fights and wants to rebel, I'm actually not embracing softness, but right. I'm embracing sin that is hardening my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that many women reject God's design for roles, and this oftentimes leads them to a hardness and a just constant fighting within their marriages. Mm. And that and that is so difficult. And that ends up leading to divorce in many cases. Yeah. Or just even living in the same home but not being connected. Mm-hmm. There's no unification at all, um, which is very sad. Uh, that is not how God designed marriage right. either. Right. How does softness fit in with those three areas we talked about in the first three episodes? We talked about be, that women are a image bearer of Christ. They're a life giver. Um and a nurturer, and they're called by God to follow or submit to their husbands or authority. Um, what are these roles that God ordained from the beginning for women that fit with softness? Well, I, you say life giver, and you know, clearly we we understand that a woman's body was created to to bear life. Mm. To we have wombs, we are able right. to to grow a baby within us we're able to nurse a baby we are a life giver god designed us that way and it doesn't mean that that only those people who have biological children are life givers god actually has has made all women with a softness towards caring and i think life giving and nurture are so close yes um that you know to nurture something means to encourage its growth and development yeah and that is part of being a life giver. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a woman that is hard is oftentimes a woman that's competing. And this competition keeps her from being a nurturer, you know, because a nurturer is other-centered. It's a heart that is seeking to serve and care for others mm-hmm. and to encourage their growth. Whereas oftentimes when I don't want to do that, I'm seeking something for myself. Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, it's a hard woman um, can physically bear a child and give it give birth. Um, but oftentimes, a hard woman is not a nurturer. Mm-hmm. 
And and I bet there are women listening who grew up in homes where their mom really wasn't a nurturer. Yes, and and I I realize it can be very difficult, even to um, know what what that looks right. like when you haven't had it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with a mom who was sick much of my my growing up years. And I, I think I said before to you, I watched a lot of people to yes, learn yes. what behavior should should I do. Yeah. And it can be a scary at times. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point that it doesn't, if you didn't grow up in that kind of a home, you there can be change. Mm-hmm. You can do your life and be a, a nurturing. We It's just a purpose, us yeah. purposing to do the thing that God called us to do. Yeah. Um, so, so your last... Uh, following a husband's authority I think you said was yeah. that your yeah, last yes, one yes yes um I think this is probably the hardest one for us to embrace we we oftentimes can embrace the idea of nurturing and life-giving but oftentimes following authority you know the idea that God has put some authority over me that I'm not totally free capable able to make right. my own choices able to do what I want to do you know that that I want to resist against that. Yeah. And we, I think probably everybody listening here has been raised with a lot of feminist thinking. Yeah. We yes. want to be in charge. I want to tell others what they should do. I, I don't honestly like the idea of being soft, of listening to authority and following it, you know. And yet God has laid out specific things in yeah. his word and it's important for us to not pick and choose what we want to follow, but mm-hmm. say, actually, I will follow all of these yeah. that that God has given me. And, um, you know, it doesn't take a lot of, we could, we could turn on TV or, you know, and watch protests. You see what hard women yep. look like. And, and that is not what we're to be. No, and the other side of that is um, thinking about it in the world. As you said, if you turn the TV on and you can see that, you can scroll through any any um, social media. You can go to the dollar store and you see this mantra mm-hmm. of a, they would probably say independent woman, mm-hmm. right? And they would say, I'm fierce, I'm strong, I'm you know independent. And it becomes this idea, well, it's seeped in pride. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this idea that that's what, it's all over your notebook. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's yeah. there. And so I think part of us is changing our thinking mm-hmm. and going back to what is what the Bible says. Yes. Well, even the whole my body, my choice. Yes. Uh, slogan. Yes. Is really me, 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 me. There's nothing that is, you know, that's totally about a woman carrying a child. Yeah. And yet there's nothing in that that's life-giving. It's yeah. all about self-centeredness. Yes. Yes. I agree. So. All right, Cheryl, so one of the things I like to do is make this episode and any episode I do super duper practical. Like it's great for you and I to sit here and talk about how we need to be soft. You know, we could talk for hours, but what we really need to do is how does this play out in our everyday life? So what we're going to spend some time is talking about some of the nitty gritty um, parts of our lives for different women, different seasons of life for a woman and how this might look for her. Um, And of course, this is only a you know, 30 or 45 minute podcast, sometimes 50 minutes or an hour, but it's really not a super long time. We're not going to cover everything, Mm -hmm. but I think it's good to kind of think about it in different stages. So let's get started with um, where you and I are. How about a married woman? Now we have talked a little bit about a married woman, so Mm -hmm. I guess there's a lot of application for her. (laughs) Yeah, a ton of, ton of application for women who are married, but 
I, I think back in my early years of marriage, and in many ways I was really hard mm-hmm. towards David, and and I can identify why some of those things took place, but I, I think I said before to you that my mother-in-law had told me that I was adversarial towards mm-hmm. David, and I, I knew that was true, and I thought oftentimes that my way was the right way. I thought I made the wiser decisions. I wanted control. And, and honestly, this led me to be hard towards David. Mm. Um, and I'm grateful that God has changed me a lot in these areas, though I know it still seeps out. I know <laughs> still, yep. you know, he'll say something into my heart. I'll think I have a much better plan. Mm. You know, it's, it's hard. And yet God God created the woman to be second in this relationship. Mm-hmm. And I know people revile yeah. at that. I yep. revile at that. Yeah, nobody wants to be second. No. And yet that is that is where God made us to be coming alongside our yeah. husband and help him. And it really does take a spirit that is soft yeah. to do that. Um I don't I don't need to have the loudest voice. You know, I don't need to always be walking two paces ahead of right. David. Um, I can let him lead because God softened my heart in these mm. ways towards him. Um, you know, I think it's easy for us to think about some questions. You ask how you ask questions. Ask yourself questions, mm. you know. What's your response when your husband approaches you about something he thinks you should change in? Oh, ouch. You know, does your heart go, <laughs> yes. no way, I'm not yeah. doing that? Well, if you dig in your heels, your heart's probably hard, Yeah, yep. you know? So listen, you know, ask yourself questions about things, and you can determine if you're hard or soft. I think we probably, all of us, can pretty readily right. know. And I think one thing that I've observed in <clears throat> friends' marriages is that sometimes um, if we are not, if we just keep being hard, our husbands stop telling us things. Mm-hmm. And they kind of just like go, all right, I'm just going to give up. And we, and it, it, it takes a lot of effort to go back and say, I have been hard in my heart towards everything you've said, basically. Yeah. It's interesting to me. I'll, I'll say to my husband, why do you think this guy leads in his work, but he doesn't lead at all in his home? Hmm. And I've, I've come to the conclusion that he doesn't lead in his home because his wife has just been hard to him for so yeah. long, he's stopped. Yeah. So we really do. So here's interesting. We as women really do play a big role in that. Huge. And we don't think of it that way, mm-hmm. but that is that is actually letting and encouraging our husbands to lead. Well, it could be that that you have, have resisted him so much yes. that he no longer even tries. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. Uh, I like how you used some questions in there. Mm-hmm. I knew you would. How <laughs> about a single woman? Well, I I think that single women often may look at life um, with discontentment in their circumstances. I think most women wish that they were married. And mm-hmm. so when years pass and you've not gotten married, um, it often leads to discontentment. Um, and discontentment can lead to a hardness in your yes. heart. Um, and the truth is, all women 
have different seasons in life. We have different things that we're going through. We have different hard things. And we need to trust God with his plan in each situation and in each season of life and just be willing to accept it. Um, and I, I totally understand that saying it is a whole lot yes. harder than living it. Yeah. And yet it is true. Um, be soft to God's plan for your life yep. and not, not allow discouragement and discontentment to lead you into hardness where you're comparing yourself to others yeah. and you're thinking you're the victim and that you are seeing all the ways you've been yeah. mistreated. That, yeah. that just leads you down a spiral that isn't going to make you happy. No. Well, and interesting, you brought up contentment. I mean, this is true for any woman listening. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're married, you're single, you're 20, you're 60. Right. But one of the things we talked about as I spent time with Erica Simpson in the book, mm -hmm. Learning Contentment, is the um, medicine for discontentment is thankfulness. Mm -hmm. And looking for that in our lives is a soft way yeah. to live, really. Yes. Being thankful is a soft way to live. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, before we started to record today, Cheryl, you and I ch chatted about how how the idea of softness, it really blends with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And we're finding a lot of the same application coming in in every season as we go through these women and in every part of our lives. You know, it's just there. And it it's not... I mean, it's something that we have to be thinking about, but you're not just saying, well, today I'm soft, but I'm still uh, just, you know, discontent. You really can't do that. No, you, it, you it changes you in a lot of yeah. areas. Yes. All right. <clears throat> How about a young woman? Um, I think one area for... And I am a little younger than you. Yes, so you are. You're talking to me. Yes. <laughs> well, <Not> really. <laughs> all right. So if I'm talking to you... Uh, you know, when women are, are starting, you know, through college, you're starting in life, I think oftentimes they, they think they understand things. Yeah. And for a young woman to actually be soft and realize, you know, I can learn things by seeking out older women. Yeah. I can learn things by, by asking questions, by, by gaining wisdom that others who have gone before me have and that's a really soft approach towards life. Mm -hmm. It's it's not just thinking, oh, I've got it all together. I don't need any help. Right. Um, I think that's a really important point because I think uh, as you're starting out in life, oftentimes you have lots of goals and exciting. There's so many cool things that are happening. You're off to college. You're off to your first, you know, big girl job. And sometimes you just think you got it done. Mm -hmm. You just, and I think... Even in jobs, I think of as a as a new person heading into a job, being soft about learning and asking for help and being willing to listen are just really key parts of really maturity. Yeah, you, I think of of young women who don't have children yet, thinking that they know all the yes. answers for child rearing. Yes, and then they have them, and some of them kind of refuse to ever seek help. You yeah. know, because they may be embarrassed. I don't know why, but other ones do seek help yep. and are benefited by yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. I, I felt like that. I thought I got it all together mm -hmm. until you start having your own children. Right. And you're like, whoa, I do not have it all together. <laughs> okay, so we talked about a young woman. How about an older woman? And here's where you're talking to me too, I'm afraid. Yes, so. <laughs> well, um, you know, similarly to a single woman, it's hard to live outside the norm. And I think in our society, the norm is a married couple 
with children in the home. Yeah. And so young, if, yeah, on the younger yeah. end. If you're yep. a single woman, you have oftentimes no husband and oftentimes no children, although sometimes yep. you would. Um, and when you, when you get into an, to become an older woman, oftentimes your children are grown. Yep. You are, are an empty nester and you're not fitting what yep. society Might sees as, as the norm. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we need to trust God with these stages and realize that he has opportunities for us to be fruitful, mm. that our life giving years, our nurturing years aren't over just right. because our womb is no longer capable of carrying children, mm-hmm. but that God has many opportunities for us. I, I think about women who are older and have really become just these, you know, you hear the phrase bitter old woman. Yes. And we all can probably picture what that looks like. You know, a woman that's just negative and complaining, yep. never happy, never satisfied. Yep. That's a woman who has accepted a life of just being hard and yeah. and choosing to to live in her own misery instead of yeah. being other-centered and being soft to whatever God has has for you well and that's like that's a a habit formed thing yeah really and it it takes time to back up from those habits just like if you're going to learn if you want to exercise every day and you've never done it you have to go it's hard work yes to back up your habits and create new habits yeah you know I'm I'm very untechnological and it makes me feel very dumb (laughs) and as an older woman I could be irritated Mm -hmm. with people who, you know, even my little grandchildren know more about how to do things with technology <laughs> than I. And, and yet we shouldn't be irritated because others are capable. Yeah. Um, and we, we may not fit in their season yep. of life. Yep. But just embrace that and be willing to ask them questions. Yep. You might develop a friendship with a young woman out of, yep. out of being willing to be soft and just open yep. towards somebody. Uh, one of my daughters had someone in her life who made a comment to her that it was really dumb that she had to use her GPS to get somewhere. She said, everybody should know how to get everywhere. Uh, You know, that's just stupid. You need to know how to read a map. And that was just, and you know, my daughter came home and she said, I get it. I mean, I can find my way, but it was just so crunchy, you know, Mm -hmm. like she, and, and I think that was part of it. Like she was saying, it's just dumb that you would even use the technology, but in reality, it's okay. My kids yeah. can go anywhere because they well, have GPSs. Yeah. Now, if and their it, phone doesn't be, have battery, we got a problem. Yes. So. <laughs> it may be that she doesn't know how to use that. And right. so right. she wants to reject that some. And it is kind of cool to know how to read a map. It is somewhat of a lost skill. Oh, I agree. And I think it is good to teach kids that. But my daughter never said she didn't know how to read a map. It was just, <laughs> oh, let me put that in my GPS right. because it's easy. So yeah. I agree. That's a, that's a good point. And I like the idea that you brought up um, the word critical. And I think you've told me this before, Cheryl. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast or if we've talked about this privately, but how you are now as a 20, 30, 40 year old woman is going to be how you are when you're 60, 70, Mm -hmm. 80. So work on yourself now. So that's something for everybody. Yes. Like if you find yourself become critical with new things or with changes or you, then this is the time to work on it. Fight your sin because if it's not killed, it will be there when you're old and it, it becomes, there becomes no filter at that point. Yes. So. Okay. What about a mother or what about a grandmother? Like that's kind of its own season and it Mm -hmm. might look a little different between mother and grandmother, but what do you think? Um, 
I currently am a mother of adult children. All my kids are adults. Um, and oftentimes I really feel out of the stream of life. I don't understand what words mean. You know, in my thinking, sick means somebody has a fever. It doesn't mean cool or that's really neat. You know, I don't really understand Cheryl, the memes. I don't, I don't know if people even use sick anymore. Oh. I think you're behind in it. I don't know, but somebody's well, going to... I could be. I, I and, and I think yeah. it's easy, you know, to feel like we're cast-offs. Yeah. And... Any of those types of thinkings that come back to me are really not, they're not helpful to us. A soft woman is not so concerned about herself. She's concerned about, Mm. about others and about serving and caring and just doing what God calls her to do. And I've seen a lot of older women that say, oh, there's nothing for me anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't get I don't get that generation. Nobody really wants to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually think most younger people want to talk right. to older people. They may just not know how to approach it. Right. And as the older woman, be big. Yep. Go step out. Do yep. those things. Yep. And and you'll be blessed by yeah. it. Write down some questions. Yeah. Your notebook and look back at them, right? Yeah. Um, I know that I... I think it's true what you've said. And I think about holidays and like big events in a family's life. Um, I'm just at the very beginning of this. Mm -hmm. But if we make Christmas or some other holiday about us and our entertaining and our timing as older women, I would say, and we put all these demands on our family and how we want them to participate, the timing, and then we are not actually always being soft. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we end up, we're not putting others first. We're more focused on our demands and what we want. I was just, as I'm processing this, I'm living this. Yeah. And I think it's just a common area that a lot of women struggle with as their kids become adults. Mm-hmm. Um, they can complain because the kids aren't coming over and maybe the grandkids aren't coming over enough. And they, and you know, they're, they're become harsh, critical, grumpy, you know, about how much time they get, you know. Yeah. It's, it's kind of sad to me because I, I see women who are doing this and I think oftentimes their heart desires a good thing and yet they have put the emphasis so much on what they want or they need that they have actually drove drove their have driven their children away yeah and often then the grandkids or you know the children Mm -hmm. don't even want to visit yes you know and I think and those women become that bitter woman that life is just about her yes well and that's interesting because I think earlier today you were talking about being soft is not me 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 Mm -hmm. and I think it's interesting how we do have to fight our sin and we do have to focus and it's so good to purpose to do this I think that's a really good word with this because Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it isn't easy I mean that it's easy it's kind of hard to blend your kids are getting married and they're now have families and you know you might be in the same church together you might not be you might have you know grandkids and you might see that they're on vacation with their with their in-laws yeah. and all of a sudden like wow you know like it can change and so i think it's, it's important to think it's about it's hard to not compare yes well they spent 3 days over at their house and they've only yep. been to my house one yeah it's very hard but don't yep. do that yep. that will drive your children away yeah I, this is good. I appreciate it. <laughs> it might be off topic. I don't know. But. Yeah, no, I think that's very much on topic because the idea is we want to continue to be soft mm-hmm. women. Being soft is celebrating the time you have with your kids, even if it's an hour. Yeah. Enjoying it. Well, and your grandchildren, your children, yeah. and you 
have we have plenty of ability to love many people. Yeah. And and it's good for my grandchildren to have other sets of grandparents who yeah. love them and whom they love. Yep. And if you are in a, I was just thinking too, you know, I think of older women in the church and actually older couples in the church and people who have loved on my kids mm-hmm. and they don't have kids, right. you know, or their kids are grown and live out of state. Yeah. Th- that's a great way to I know. My kids benefited huge yep. from that. Yeah. Okay. What about a working woman? Because there are a lot of women who work full time and I mean, I, I guess it doesn't matter if you're married or you're single on this one because it's just like, how does that, how does softness look in the working world? I think many women in the workplace have a hard environment to work in. You know, feminism has said, you need to be the leader, climb up that ladder, step on anybody you you need to step on. And so women may be nice to your face and talk about you and and rip you up behind your back. And that's really, really what's happening, I think, Mm -hmm. in a lot of places. I think to be soft, don't be that person. Yeah. Don't participate when that's happening. I don't mean just stand there and listen and, oh, I haven't said anything, so I've not right. participated. But actually speak up. No, we're not going to talk about people. Right. Show kindness to people. Your your softness in that will begin to permeate your environment. Mm-hmm. And I think you can bring change there. Yeah, I agree. I think um, the break room mm-hmm. or the teacher's lounge or the, yeah. you know, the outside, standing outside in the picnic table are probably the places that a lot of sin happens at work. Yeah. And we can make an impact. Yeah. Purpose to be a woman that speaks yeah. kindness, you know, words of kindness and and isn't participating in unloving conversation, you yeah. know, just allow the love of God to permeate how you treat people and don't be catty yeah. you know I you see it in second and third grade girls yeah you know, this you kind do. of catty nasty and in behavior fifth and sixth grade girls I know and it just keeps and going up and getting worse eighth and ninth grade girls yes and yeah. in adults sadly mm-hmm. I'm afraid yeah um what about non-believers how does that work how, how can we be soft to non-believers well I think for a non-believer that we kind of softness combines just kindness and love and understanding realizing that they haven't been changed by the holy spirit mm-hmm. and so their their behavior is going to look different yep. and instead of just being critical and thinking oh, well i'm so much better than they are right you know show them love and care accept them where they are and that doesn't mean not to speak truth to them right but but don't be harsh and critical but god is a god of mercy i mean i have so much sin that god shows me mercy in. there's a softness in god in doing that yep you know if god was all hard we would all just we couldn't stand well we would all be in hell right because that's really what we deserve yes yeah and so uh, god's mercy is a softness and we can sure show that to others not only non-believers but other people show mercy showing mercy to people is a way that we are soft towards them yeah I think one way that we can watch our comments is through social media Mm -hmm. I think this is a big one I think it's a good thing to think about um, when we are ready to comment on someone's post you know because it's just a part of our lives I just read this morning literally this morning Mm -hmm. in 2nd Timothy 2 and I think this fits well 
Um, and of course, this is Paul writing to Timothy. It's one of Paul's last days on earth or his last, he knows he's going to die. Mm-hmm. And he encourages Timothy and his church to avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness and their talk will spread like gangrene. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that we should not stand up for biblical truths, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that arguments on Facebook or with your coworkers in some way or non-believers, that that arguing with them to prove your point to say you're right is not being soft. Yes. That's saying I'm right. Even if God is right in it, there's a way to do it in a, in I a right way. I don't think it brings about any change either. I it, agree. It makes people defensive yeah. to have you just push back to them. Yeah. Showing love to them and then speaking truth in soft ways yeah. in the midst of conversation is far better than just trying to argue a point whenever no matter who it is your yeah. arguments make people defensive and that just leads to hardness on both sides yeah that's right that's excellent um okay the bible says that um well speaking of words out of our ma- heart our mouth speaks i would add that i think this is shown in our actions right um so we need to be thinking correctly about things um so Cheryl, how should we be thinking in regard to this concept? Because doing soft things on the outside may not change in our heart. So how Mm -hmm. should we be thinking so that it helps to process it through our heart so we actually live in a soft way for God's glory? Well, wrong thinking often begins with a little small speck of untruth. And yet we allow that little bit of untruth to grow. And pretty soon our thinking is just way off and really sinful. Um, the wrong way to think would be to allow my mind to say, well, if I don't push my agenda, my husband's going to walk all over me. Mm-hmm. And so that that thought, I dwell on it and it grows. And pretty soon I'm saying, well, I'm not, he's, he's not making a decision. Right. I'm the one that's the smart one. I'm mm-hmm. making the decision. And I grow in hardness towards my husband as I dwell on something that is not true, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not trusting God when I say if I don't push my agenda, my husband's going to walk all over me. I'm not trusting God at right, all. Right, right. You know, I'm saying I have to do this. I'm the one that's important. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that is the wise one here. God can't bring change. You know, maybe yeah. your husband really is wrong in an area. Yeah. But we trust God and we don't we don't dwell on the wrong thinking that that just grows right right good well it's interesting um i think a really great way to combat that is to memorize scripture Mm -hmm. that fits with whatever you're struggling in and i think a really good thing to be remembering in regard to truth is philippians 4 8 because i think you're right whatever's true whatever's right whatever's Mm -hmm. honorable think on these things Mm -hmm. and going back to what is true about the situation and what is true that the bible says um and I'll tell you, our culture sure screams loud to us all kinds of things, so we have to be ready for yeah. it. I, I really think a good indicator of where we are in being hard or soft is to look at what's coming out of our hearts through our mouth. Mm. And and that will tell us where our heart is. Yeah. So Yeah. That's kind of a our sobering. Our words really do real reveal truth. Yeah. And and that's kind of sobering. Mm-hmm. Like um when my husband was a band teacher, he used to videotape himself. This is a long time ago. Like yeah. He actually set up like a tripod yeah. in the back because he wanted to see how his band was sounding and he didn't realize how he was reacting. 
Mm-hmm. And I wish we could do that for ourselves. It's like step back and watch. Well, I think what we, we can in some ways, but it's a little frightening. You know, yeah. you could ask somebody. Yes. Do you That's, think I'm a hard person or am yeah. I a soft person? Yep. Is my responses towards others? Yeah. How do they come across? Do I make people defensive? Yeah. Do I do I do I always have to be right? You know, we we don't ask those questions because we don't want to well, know the answers. Or we know the answer. <laughs> yeah. And we don't want to change. That's the other thing. Yeah. That would be a good question to ask if you're married mm-hmm. to your husband. But it's also good to ask a friend um, because I think it helps to get a few opinions too, mm-hmm. different types of people in your life. And yeah. not that I'm searching for the opinion I want. <laughs> no, you're so soft. It's like you're just, you know, a blob of jello. You know, yeah. it's not like that. So. Okay, Cheryl, um, thanks so much for coming on today. What would be a couple of take-home points that we should remember? I think it's good for us to remember that softness flows from our trusting God with each day and the circumstances that are part of that day. Um, That we can actually practice being soft. Um, This might be in our words that we say, okay, I am not going to argue and push my point Mm. I'm going to just be quiet and trust God with how that situation Mm -hmm. plays out um you know to 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 grow in something we do have to practice it and I think softness is an area we can practice in um those would be a couple yeah good I mean, there was a lot of application from today, so Mm -hmm. you can pick whichever one you want to work on. (laughs) Um, Thanks so much for sharing today, Cheryl, on our Feminology number 8. It's just really good to pause and kind of ponder these topics. It's something that our world is not telling us, and actually I think a lot of – I do hear these concepts occasionally coming out, but I think it's not a common thing to talk about. So I I think it's good for us as women to be thinking about it because our world is – always changing, morphing, and honestly, sometimes just coming at us hard, you know? Like I said, it's always yelling. It's good to be aware and to fight it. Um, Cheryl, thanks for coming on. You're welcome. It's a joy to be with you. It was great to have you again. You'll be back one more time in September to talk again about feminology and softness. Would you pray for us today? Sure. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the hard parts of the word that that challenge us and encourage us to trust you more um, in order to grow to be the women that you have created and designed us to be. I pray that that each woman listening today will be purposeful to to seek you to be soft and mm-hmm. to put on the the softness that you have have designed for us to be. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Amen. On our next episode, we're going to discuss our very final installment of our book chat on the book Learning Contentment. So I'll be chit-chatting with Erica Simpson one final time. I hope you all join us for that. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Until next time.